No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. My background isn't quite as attractive as it was over this weekend, but nonetheless, it is great to be back in the regular studio here with my good friend Dave Manouk to talk about the Winnipeg Jets improving to 34-15-5 on the regular season, 13-3-1 against the Central Division with tonight's 6-3 victory over the Jets' rival, the Minnesota Wild. I say good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba and for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. I say good evening universe and welcome to the Illegal Curve post game show with Dave Manuka. I'm your host Drew Mandel back from my southern sojourn here to enjoy the unseasonably warm temperatures of Winnipeg and the co- great company of my good friend Dave M. David good to see you on this uh, what is it? It's a Tuesday night, if I'm not mistaken. It my is. days have blended together. I didn't get into my home uh, until about three in the morning uh, earlier today. So it's been a very, very late night and an early morning and all sorts of weird body clock activities occurring. But the Winnipeg Jets started and arrived on time and flushed the effort of last yesterday afternoon's disappointment in Calgary. Not a perfect win, but a win nonetheless against the Minnesota Wild. It was uh, friendly Manitoba versus Minnesota Nice, and I was curious to see if there'd be any shenanigans, and I'm not going to get into the shenanigans where that comes from because Spencey already schooled me on that yesterday. Spencey is quickly becoming the Daniel Dale of uh, the Illegal Curve hockey show and the Illegal Curve postgame show, although he tried tried to get me on the Hat trick knowledge, and I, I I took him to task on uh, our Instagram. So nice try, Spency, but I got the last laugh. Plus, I have the bully pulpit of here, so you could you could I guess he could get the uh, the the chat against me, but I don't think they'll turn against me. Anyways, get it? Where did I where did I digress? I, I, to? I honestly don't know where you just went. You just <laughs> you just went off and found a I dog saw, with a puffy I, tail. I, I saw Spency and I got excited, but anywho, look, it, it was uh it was an important game, and you know there was some talk today at the morning media availability with Rick. Bonus. It was an optional, uh, highly uh, attended optional with a total of three players on the ice: Lauren Brassois, uh, Logan Stanley, and Rasmus Kupari. And Rick Bonus gave us, of course, an indication that uh, two of those. Well, he said there'd be some changes. We knew, and he also confirmed. The only thing he did confirm was that Lauren Brassois would be starting. We didn't know any of the other changes, other than it seemed likely that Lauren, that both Logan Stanley and Rasmus Kupari would draw. And I know some folks are asking, why did Morgan Barron um, get pulled? My guess is he's still dealing with illness because if you recall, he didn't play the third period of the game in Vancouver. He did play in Calgary yesterday. So, I mean, that kind of calls into question my theory, but maybe he's still dealing with it. We know that Rick Bonus did say uh, on the road that they were dealing with some guys who were dealing with illness. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that Morgan Barron wasn't feeling well. He did take the skate. So all 12 guys who played yesterday in Calgary, including Morgan Barron, skated, including Rasmus Kapari. The only guy who wasn't on the ice, of course, was Nate Schmidt. So he was a healthy scratch, and you had Logan Stanley in his place, presumably healthy scratch. It's possible he was dealing with that illness. But at the end of the day, the Jets were able to, uh, you know, get that healthy lineup uh, going, we think. And and it seemed like 
the only change, of course, like I said, being Rasmus Kupari. And it was not not a huge move, of course, to just kind of flip him into the fourth line. We weren't certain. There were some questions because there's been a lot of doghouse conversation about Ehlers and Perfetti and would there be a, a message sent potentially? I, I, I mean, I understand, I understand where that idea came from, but that would have yeah. been, I mean, that would have been more than just a, a, a doghouse. That would have been a, a napalm esque explosion. Well, and just to be clear and bench those guys. Well, and just to be clear, it's the narrative. And I mean, I we're in the media, so I shouldn't be, I'm not trying to deride anyone, but at the same time, it's like, that's a media construct, right? Like, it's not, I don't suspect, I mean, while he wasn't pleased, the idea of them being in the doghouse was the headline in the free press, right? Well, so it's not, he was, no, he wasn't pleased. He, he yeah. definitely put them, he definitely made mention of what, you know, he doesn't, wasn't happy with, but I'm just saying that it's not like Rick bonus gave any sort of indication that he was going to have either one of those guys sitting out. So I'm just saying that it's just right. a little bit, you know, you got to be careful a little bit in terms of narratives. And we talked about it yesterday, right? Everybody was fired up. The Jets have a 3-1 lead. They blow it. They end up losing 6-3 to in Calgary yesterday. And I said to Azzy, I said, like, here's the key. The key is that you've got to be remember the fact that the Jets had won three games previously. So they'd mm -hmm. won three of four. Well, now they've won, what, four of five, if my math stands me correct. So because Azzy said, right. look, Ed said, said, you know, well, if you look, they've lost, I think, uh, six of the last nine after yesterday <laughs> so i'm like move, well, as long as you move the goalposts you can fine. have a lot of fun with numbers and we'll hear from rick bonus coming up but the point is that uh, again like i said it wasn't a perfect game no but you 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 like to see some like first of all Laurent brassois i i jokingly said and it's funny i said this and then he, they scored on him like a, with four seconds to go on the power play right but he was playing with like a horseshoe because the the wild had some just phenomenal looks and they shot it wide they shot it above him like it was everywhere but at him so or at the empty net i should say so there were a lot of missed opportunities for minnesota that i'm sure they won't be pleased with so it wasn't a defensive jam by the jets especially in that second period the first period and the third periods were better the second well, period was not their period and, and of course, we'll get into all the goals and we'll get into the, the nitty gritty of the game throughout the, during the Betway game recap. But I thought what was interesting about that third period you mentioned, because that second period was just awful for the Winnipeg Jets. They were yeah. outplayed, outchanced, out everything in that second period. They were fortunate uh, that it, that the the outcome of that second period wasn't worse, to be perfectly honest, only mm -hmm. you know with each team having scored one goal. So the Jets come out of that second period with, with no blood drawn, but they were... I mean, the, the ice was just basically tilted for the entirety of that 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for Laurent Brassois, and whether you say it was a combination of horseshoes and, and quality saves, whatever it was, uh, yeah. he certainly was the reason why it was still a 3-1 game for the Jets at that point. So I really was curious to see what Jets team was going to come out in that third period. And, mm -hmm. and, and yes, they got a little bit away from it, you know, after it became 5-1 there. But yeah. the Jets were the better of the two teams in that third period when it counted the most. And I think that was certainly a, a very good sign for the Winnipeg Jets. This Minnesota Wild team, look, they, they're not going to say they're not going to make the playoffs because the bottom of the, the, the final you know playoff spot in the Western Conference, that final wild card team, mm -hmm. is not going to be a very good hockey team. It's going to be St. Louis or Nashville. It could be Minnesota. It could be Seattle, Calgary still. Whichever team it is, is not a very good hockey team. But Minnesota, uh, you know, you know what they have. They have the offensive capabilities, that, you know, top line of theirs or any line where they got Kaprizov and they have uh, Marco Rossi and both those guys did a ton of damage tonight. Yeah. Joel Erickson-Eck is still a very nice player. And, and like you know, 29 goals or something like that? 
something like that. He's, he's up there. So Minnesota can put the puck in the net. I mean, ask Vancouver. We saw what happened yesterday. Uh, <laughs> shades of 9-8 between the Jets and the Flyers. 10-7, the Wild won. Seven goals uh, in the third period. Seven. They scored seven goals in the third period, which is just unheard of. And it's just not a number that you can fathom. Teams, you know, if a team scores seven goals in a game, it's headline news for weeks on end. Um, but so Minnesota, you know that they come in waves and you know that they they, they have some elite uh, offensive talent. And Kaprizov is one of the best players in the NHL. Marco Rossi was very, you know, impressive tonight. The Jets capitalized uh, you know, when they had their opportunities, the goal scoring, the, the goaltending for the Minnesota Wild, it's not great. The defense for the Minnesota Wild, it's also not great. Declan Although Chisholm, Declan Chisholm looked very well, good today. played very nice. I thought today. he looked good. Yeah, this this wild team. But you think about their defense. Like, look, think about the six defensemen that started the game for them. And Zach Bogosian left the game very early. So yeah, I, mean, I think he took an Ehlers shot. That's right. So you're talking about Jake Middleton, who great mustache, no question about that. One of the best stashes in the league. I love that. Uh, Dakota Mermis. I mean, this is not a, a guy who's who's you know. Say right, M. Remus. Yeah, exactly. Mermis and Remus, they're, they're, they're related. They're, they're, you know, they're distantly related. Brock Faber, great young defenseman. He's going to be a stud in this league. He's already oh, yeah. he's already um, a stud. I think he played like 18 minutes after he was. What, I don't know what he yeah. finished at, but 29 20 is what he finished. Yeah, with he was tonight, 18 so. minutes after after two periods, and yeah. you knew he was going to be even higher given obviously Bogosian was done. That's right. Jonas Brodin, grizzled veteran, I think 12th year in the league, something like that. So he's been, you know, he, you know what Jonas Brodin is. The Minnesota Wild are not a great team defensively, and we saw that a lot in tonight's game. And then you add in the Jets' power play, which all of a sudden is not a hindrance. It's all of a sudden the Jets' power play is a huge asset for this team. You know, with tonight's game, I believe six for their last 11 on the power play. And it's not going to continue, of course. You're not going to succeed at a 50 The hottest power play in the NHL, red hot. They are. Right now they are. I mean, this is, you know, multiple games in a row now where they're getting power play goals. And so, you know, their five-on-five game for the Jets isn't isn't yet where they want it to be at. But if they can mm-hmm. recapture that, and they really have a good, couple good opportunities coming up uh, Friday against the Chicago Blackhawks and then Sunday against the Arizona Coyotes, two teams that also aren't very good, you should mm-hmm. see if you combine that five-on-five play or the recapture of that five-on-five play with the Jets' power play, you know, and I know that the penalty kill isn't going to look great in tonight's game either, giving up a couple power, uh, a couple power play goals, or yeah. uh, you know, to them to the Wild. But you can sort of see that if that power play gets going and that five on five sort of uh, plays similar to what they did in Vancouver on on Saturday night, or in that third period, at least when it was still a game in that third period tonight, then the Winnipeg Jets are, are going to be back onto something. With tonight's victory, they move ahead of the Colorado Avalanche, even if it's only temporary. Uh, having done so but you know you can see that unless they have the, games in hand right yeah you, you can see that the games yeah they have still have games in hand on the abs they have games in hand on the stars and you can see that the jets are beginning to sort of capture themselves and sean monahan is becoming more and more comfortable as a mm. member of the winnipeg jets and boy has his impact been significant in the last couple games yeah five goals from him in the last three games drew and and there's nothing boring about that jets fans are, are enjoying him and gabriel velarde who is a beast in tight tonight mm-hmm. again which is again that's the that that spot we've talked about guys who want to go to the front of the net and be in front of the net and oh here's rick bonus here's jets head coach rick bonus uh 
uh, and Mark together because of all the injuries. So, uh, and and obviously uh, Sean's been a perfect fit for the bumper. So, it's nice to see. Uh, it, uh, you can see the confidence growing with them. The pucks moving. They're making great plays, and the pucks going in the net. So. Uh, we've waited a long time, and but again, it's, it's give the guys credit because they, they they stayed with it, and they just need a little time to build some chemistry. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but would it be fair to say that um, you really liked how your team came out and started? Probably didn't like so much the second period where Minnesota seemed to really pour it on. No, we had a really good uh, we had a really good first. So. But, you know, again, that, that's all self-inflicted in Minnesota. You, you saw plays at the blue line that we we don't normally make, and we're making changes, and they're getting breakaways. So the, the, the second period was just really, it was sloppy. It was just bad puck management. But, again, give the guys credit because they responded in the third and started to play. But our overall five-on-five -five game has to, it was so good in Vancouver, right, for 60 minutes. Um, we'll get it back. And then as you say, in the third period, uh, those two goals, and they're in 56 or 58 seconds, they're fairly similar, right, in terms of guys in front, net front, get the tips, points from the sh uh, shots from the point. Um, obviously, that you like to see that. You want more from your blue line to kind of add to the offense. Another example of that, I guess? Yeah, it is. And uh, again, we there's timing involved. We, this, Sometimes the D are shooting, there's nobody there, and sometimes the Fords are there, they're not getting the puck through. So the, tonight the, the timing was much better, and it's good to see it go in because we, we need offense from our defense. They got to get pucks down there, and when they do, they got to have bodies there, and you got to have some, you got to have some puck luck, and we, we got it. Rick, on the power play, it seemed like every time Gabriel Velarde got the puck at the side of the net there, he was making a different read. What did you see out of him in that spot? He's very good down there, and, and, he, and he's very patient with the puck, and he does see what's, what the options are. So we'll give him a lot of credit because um, some guys just panic with the puck and they may move it too quick. Or, but he's, 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 he's taking advantage of what they're giving him. If he can walk across and give that little flip, he's taking it. If not, uh, he's making a play to the Mark or uh, back to Sean, and he's all was looking for KC that back door, so he's very, very good down by that, which we saw in training camp. We just haven't had a chance to put them all together. In the post game, he said he liked he didn't or sorry he didn't like his uh, lines play at five on five tonight. What did you see out of the top? Line I didn't like. Yeah, they had they had a couple, tough couple of shifts. So give them credit; they bounced back. You said in the past you have nothing to do with this, so I'm going to give you no credit for it. But what? Uh, you've said in the past that you have nothing to do with this, so I'm going to give you no credit Good. for it. Sean Monahan, you talked about what a great fit he's been. What have you thought of Kevin Sheveldale in your time here and his ability to go kind of find the guys like Nino and Nemesnikov and Sean? Like, what, what have you thought of his ability to find the right fit? That, that's what he's done. He's done a very good job of finding those guys. And, 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 and good players, but just as important, good people. And they want to be in Winnipeg, and that's what we love about that. But So we give Kevin and, uh, and his staff a lot of credit for that. Uh, they've done a really good job. Sean Monahan's a perfect fit for us. Uh, you saw right away last year when Nino and Vladdy came in how easily they fit into the crew. It's a good locker room. It's a good dressing room, and they make everyone feel welcome. you got to bring the right guys in with the, 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 the right temperament and the right abilities, and, and Chevy's done that. So give him a lot of credit. Uh, a lot of times power plays are about moving the puck around and opening up certain things. I thought tonight, 
each spot looked dangerous at points. Like Mark got a good shot off, Casey got a good shot off, Josh le leads to that goal. What is your power play doing that it's looking dangerous, not just in one or two spots, but in all five? Well, it, it, a lot of it has to do with Sean. He, he watches the reads he makes. He knows when to be high, which opens up a shot. He knows when to go low, which opens up Casey. So uh, he's making the right reads. But there's a big difference now when they're just moving the puck and they're taking what they're what, what the penalty killers are giving them because we have we do have lots of options and we're still you know Casey's a big threat over there so they got to cheat on him a little bit which opens up some of the other options and, and you like to use your third line to kind of capture momentum turn momentum their first shift of the game they did it first shift of the third yeah. period they come out they score that second goal what what was your thoughts today on on where they're at uh, maybe dipped a little bit mid-season, but where do you think they are right now in their ability to drive momentum for your well, team? Well, their, their, their job is to play against the top line, and they did a great job on that tonight. They're the other team. That top line on Minnesota, is, they got some great talent over there, and they had chances when Adams' line wasn't on the ice. So, uh, But they're doing that. Um, we always like to come back with them right after we score or they score. Like this is a very reliable line. They're a heavy line. They're hard to play against, and they've played and they have played very well against Minnesota. That line. So you go back the last couple of games, they scored some big goals against Minnesota. So uh, they rise to the challenge. Rick, Lauren Brassois hasn't played in a long time. What did you see out of him? Thirty-six saves. He was tonight. outstanding. I mean, some of those saves he made in the second one, we got a little loose. He was the difference. He kept us in the game and, and let us get our game back, which we did in the third. So, again, give the guys credit. Uh, but when you're not playing well and we're getting a little loose, then uh, he made the big saves. At the, we talk a lot about timely goals, timely saves. He made enough tonight. Just one on, on your personnel tonight. Were Nate and Morgan healthy scratches, or are they dealing yes, with? Yes, they're healthy scratches. But and, and those are tough calls because we, we got with, – with, Looking ahead, you look at the schedule, the 16 games coming up. Logan Stanley has played well enough to get back in there. We're not going to let him sit for weeks like we did before. He played well enough in his, his, the games, the three games that he played to get back in there, trying to get Coop back into the game. So they weren't, they weren't, they weren't healthy scratch because of bad play at all. That had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was more this, what the team has to come first. And when you look at our schedule that's coming up, we want to keep everybody involved. And just on that, was Rasmus so Okay, because it looked like you went down to kind of eleven forwards. Yeah, for like I, I had it. That's on me. That's not on him. I had a tough time getting him in the line in there. So that's not on him. That's uh, that's on me. Thanks. Thank you. Jets head coach Rick Bonus. That's from the Matt Frost Media Center. Just concluding his post game comments. Big thanks, of course, to Colby Spence, photographer, videographer extraordinaire who does all sorts of fantastic work for us here at Illegal Curve. And, of course, our friends Rumors Comedy Club as well is where Colby also does some great work. So be sure to be following his Instagram account. Jets head coach Rick Bonus. I mean, again, not a lot that I'm surprised about there. He says that both Morgan Barron and Nate Schmidt are healthy scratches for tonight's game, which I guess was the question mark. But, you know, I, I, I thought Logan Stanley, and I've never admittedly been the, the biggest Logan Stanley fan, but I thought he, uh, thought he was... A, a fine addition to the Jets back end for tonight's game. I thought he acquitted himself very well, Dave. Uh, just comments on Logan Stanley's game before we move into the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post game show. Yeah, I mean, he was fine. Uh, it's funny, I jokingly tweeted uh, during the second period that Kitchener boys stand up for each other after he went after Middleton. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, that. And now, and again, it's funny how people tend to forget. And I was listening to Kyle Connor talk on 32 Thoughts 
it was it was from when he was at the NHL All-Star game, but they released it today or yesterday. And he was just talking about how much slower the game is. And when you have the benefit of hindsight and replays and this, you know, it's a different element than it is when you're playing the game. And, you know, everybody's played the game to some degree. But the point I'm making is that we watched what happened in Middleton. You know, when you see the re when you see the initial play, you think, oh, Middleton just plowed Shifley in the numbers into the boards. Shifley okay. goes down. And I mean, I could see from the from the, the TV that, you know, Middleton puts his hand on his back. But Logan Stanley doesn't see that. Logan Stanley right. just sees, you know, Shifley down in a heap and Middleton standing over him or or kind of hunched over him. So, you know, I mean, that's that's why you credit him for coming to the defense of one of the Jets top players. So yeah. uh, you like that. You like the fact. I mean, he, he kind of took it a little bit. Middleton is not is a tough guy. You know, pride of uh, Alberta. So. Although interestingly, he played in the OHL, talking to our good friend Richard Lapp, the hockey maven, and he was asking me, and I said, well, I don't know. And it turned out he played in the OHL, which, uh, you know, for an Alberta boy, I thought he played a WHL guy, but he ended up going to the OHL. But anyways, this isn't wild lunch right now, and I don't want Spencey to be mad at me, Drew. So yeah, I thought Logan Stanley played well, and he's played, look, he's played four of the last six games for the Jets. Obviously, the three games that Brendan Dillon was um, was injured, I mean, injured, mm -hmm. was suspended, sorry, and then he missed when the Dylan came back on the road trip for Vancouver and Calgary, but so he's getting a little bit more rhythm. And I think that's what Rick bonus was talking about with guys, not staying out of the lineup and keeping them engaged and part of the team and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it makes a lot of sense because you really don't want these guys to be cold. Like we're, we're seeing what happens when guys are absent from the lot, like David Gustafson, who for some reason people thought was going to be one of the potential recalls. I'm like, I'm not joking. And this isn't a knock on David Gustin. I watched that Moose game yesterday. Yeah. And between the first period and the third period, at one point I said, is he on the bench? Because I didn't know he was in the game. My point is it takes a bit of time. He hadn't played since December 22nd. This was just his, I believe, third game yesterday. So it takes a little bit of time for these guys to get their legs back sometimes. And so I think keeping these guys in, you know, it keeps everybody fresh, right? Like if you yeah, have guys. Keeps everybody sharp, are, keeps everybody in rotation. But, it, and also if you keep, again, like I said, like, you could say it's a, it's a harsh thing. Oh, it's, you take, but at the same time, it's fairly marginal differences, right? Like, are you noticing a significant drop off between Nate Schmidt? It's one thing if you were doing this with Dylan DeMello, sure. but you're not, or Josh Morrissey, but you're not, you're doing it with Nate Schmidt. Who's already pretty much your sixth defenseman and you're replacing him with your seventh defenseman. So it's not a, it's not a significant drop off for this. And I suspect maybe to a certain degree, even with Marcus Foligno out of the lineup and without Pat Maroon, and the wild again, it's funny because like I started this sh the show off, Drew, by talking about the shenanigans. Yeah. I know we got to get into the Betway game recap because we do have a lot of goals to go over, but I'll be quick. How <laughs> we do. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because for a long time we've been talking about one goal games, two goal games. And then I, you know, now the Jets are just scoring and scoring and scoring. So this the drought is over. I it went from famine to feast rather quickly. But again, like I said, it's just, you know, you have these guys who are um again, like I said, they're fairly interchangeable. And you can get them into the lineup, and it's a it's an important thing. So it's good for the Jets that they're they're doing that. And uh, yeah, I thought Stanley was fine, but I just don't think it's going to be a significant. You know, you didn't again. Rasmus Kupari came in for Morgan Barron, and I like Morgan Barron, and I think Morgan Barron. In fact, I was actually of the mind, if he was healthy, that Morgan Barron could be moving up in the lineup, not down or out of it. Uh, so, anyways, but I just think it's a good thing to give these guys some some from opportunities, and again, you keep guys fresh. Like that's the whole idea. Keep guys fresh for the playoffs. That's what you want. You don't want to overtax these guys. I mean, that's that to me was what they did last year. Where they, you remember last year, where you know they wanted Brendan Dillon to play 82 games, and I was like, well, why? Why did he have to get that 82nd game in? 
Yeah. Well, you, have to, you know, last year, you know, you, you, you've banked the points. So you have a little bit more of that flexibility this year right. that, that you don't, That's right. that you, that didn't, you have didn't have at the end of the regular yeah. season last okay. year. And yeah. time will tell, of course, how that uh, plays out over the final 30 plus games here of the regular season. As you mentioned, Dave, plenty of goals to get to. So let's get into it. It's the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. The Betway game recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you're looking for a place to safely and responsibly make a wager, we strongly encourage you to check out our friends at Betway. Tell them, of course, that Illegal Curve sent you. Uh, You'll want to see how the Jets started this game after the disappointing result in uh, Calgary yesterday. Both teams, second half of back-to-backs, both teams with travel. So they're on equal footing when it comes to that aspect of the game. A couple early chances for the Minnesota Wild in the first few minutes of this game. Uh, Ryan Hartman uh, after an Adam Lowry turnover. Ryan Hartman with a good chance. Marcus Johansson, a player Mm -hmm. I always liked. And he also had a good chance. Brendan Dillon for the Jets. He had that golden opportunity off of Mason Appleton Reed direction yeah um, but he sort of uh, he gets his tick his stick tied up i believe by brock faber if i'm not mistaken and he heals it doesn't get it full doesn't get full wood on it uh, not that they use wood sticks anymore but you know what i mean <laughs> i'm like uh easy grandpa that's right. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself. Uh, he heals the puck rather than getting the full blade on it redirects it wide so mm-hmm. Chances at both ends for the uh, for both teams. The Jets do open the scoring. It's a power play goal for the Winnipeg Jets. It comes after a strong. Wait, it's a what room? It's a power play goal. Not something that it is. That, that's not <laughs> well, rare no, to hear late. anymore, Dave. Yeah. We we're, we expect to say that now. Yeah. Uh, it comes after a strong shift uh, by uh, Niederreiter, Lowry, and Appleton. It leads to a Declan Chisholm hooking penalty and with Declan in the box, Gabe Velarde getting his 14th of the year assist to Kyle Connor and Josh Morrissey. This comes at the 920 mark of the power play. It's Morrissey to Connor. He one times the pass and it doesn't, he doesn't one time it right onto the blade of uh, the stick blade, at least of Gabe Velarde. He one times it onto the skate blade of Gabe Velarde and redirecting the puck in with your skate. As long as it's not a distinct kicking motion is permissible nowadays. And he does so redirecting it into the empty net and the jets have an early one, nothing lead uh, about halfway through the first period, Dave. Well, first of all, before we even start talking about Gabriel Velarde's goal, we have to yeah. talk about Gabriel Velarde's choice of hair, Drew. I'm surprised you're not talking about it because he went with, well, I actually had said he went with the tweet, Mindell. He, 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 I actually he said decided he to with, adopt the Mindell. I said he went with the Christian Veselainen. Mm. As folks will remember, Christian Veselainen, of course, shaved his head. And when I said that in the press box, Weber looked at me and he kind of said, like here. So I think Kenny <laughs> Weeb thought he was maybe the inspiration for for uh, Gabriel Velarde's decision to shave his head, but he shaved his head. I thought it was notable. I took note of it on the uh, when during the anthems, and so he uh, had a new look, and that new look served him well. Obviously, in this game, he had he had a significant uh, presence. But look, I mean, look, what have we been talking about? Now the Jets five on five play has definitely taken a bit of a hit. Yeah, of late hasn't been they haven't been as, has not been a strong five on five team, but. We said one of the things this team has to improve 
is their power play. It just has to. And and the the reason you you acquired Sean Monahan was because of his prowess in on the power play with this with the man advantage. And we're seeing it. We're seeing the impact. You can see the way he uh, sees the game. And again, like I was saying earlier, him and Gabriel Velarde, guys who go to the front of the net, aren't with the talent, with the hands. Like it's one thing to have a big guy in front of the net, but it doesn't have the hands. These guys are big and they have the hands. So that's a significant uh, advantage. And you can see, you can see the way these guys are all, and, and we're talking five games into his time. You know, I mean, sorry, I'm, I'm jumping back to Monaghan now, but you can see how how quickly they're getting uh, used to each other. And, and like I was saying, it's only been five games with these guys getting to to used to each other. But it's it's a it's a big play. And and again, it's more one of those situations, Drew, that you wanted to see. You the Jets crowd needed them to have a good start. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 excellent on the power play. It's a nice slap pass by Kyle Connor and Gabriel Velarde's in the right place at the right time, and that's that to me is the key, right? Right place, right time. Goal back in the net, one nothing Jets. The power play, I mean, when it was struggling, and boy, it was struggling for a long time. It was yeah. so slow. There's way more movement in the power play now. You see, just Monahan. You know, sometimes he's sort of he's in the bumper position, but he's sort of lower down in the bumper position, and then he quickly will move up higher in the bumper position. And just that simple movement, so like a stick hockey, like a like a table hockey player, just sort of moving back and forth vertically, yeah. up and back, up and back. Yeah just keeps the defense guessing as mm-hmm. to where the play is going to go and then feeding it down to Velarde and working it you know working it through Velarde at the side of the net he has so many options available to him that if they play passive off of him well he can walk out and be dangerous and yeah. if they play strong on him well he can feed it off to somebody else who's now going to be open so right now the jets power play with the movement and the ability to sort of use all five men as dangerous weapons where you have to respect all five of them and their capabilities is right now working so well and making the Jets a very dangerous team to play against and a dangerous team to take penalties against. One nothing for the Jets uh, at the 920 mark. And of course, the next goal is a salute to our good friend, Dennis Bayak. And what the heck, he, he hasn't scored very often this year. We might as well make it our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Now into double digits. Mason Appleton makes it 2 nothing. 12 seconds later. Pardon me, 14 seconds later. It's our Seagram shot of the game. It's the proverbial bump-up shift that our buddy Kevin Sawyer likes to talk about a lot on the broadcast. Uh, the Jets win the face-off off the draw, and they gain the zone. Lowry behind the net feeds it out to Mason Appleton, and Appleton, it's on and off his stick really quickly. This isn't the best goal uh, this isn't the uh, this isn't one that that Mark Andre Fleury should let in, but we said it in the preamble of the broadcast of the post game show. Goaltending and defense; those have been the issues for the Minnesota Wild this year. Mm-hmm. Mason Appleton, it's a nice shot. It's short side. It's top corner. Should it be saved? Yeah, it probably should be saved. But nonetheless, 14 seconds after Gabe Velarde made a one nothing, Mason Appleton makes it two nothing for the Winnipeg Jets. Dave assist to Lowry and Niederreiter as that line was noticeable and influential all game long. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, we've talked about the importance of, of getting contributions up and down the lineup. Like it's one thing if you get power play goals from Velarde and Monaghan and Shifley and Connor, 
obviously they weren't all power play goals, but I'm just saying if it, it's important, but it's really important to get those contributions from guys like Mason Appleton, who I thought actually has been playing. I know he's been a bit of a whipping boy of late, but I know I thought he was noticeable in the game. I, I don't know if it was the game against Vancouver. You hope it wasn't against the game, the game against Calgary because not too many guys were noticeable <laughs> in a positive way, but I thought he was noticeable either in the Vancouver game or the San, the San Jose game uh, here in Winnipeg last Wednesday. But I, you know, he's been, you know, that he's been, like I said, a bit of a, a whipping boy. And there you were hoping that uh, if you're Mason Appleton, that things were going to change. And you like that the Jets didn't sit back. That's mm-hmm. the other thing, right? You want to talk about uh, that bump up shift. You wanted to see an aggressive mindset. And that's what the Jets did in that first period. And so, yeah, they, they took it to him. And Adam, I thought Adam Lowry was, Adam Lowry was sending a lot of messages in today's game. And I don't know, again, sometimes, obviously I'm in the, in the press box for the first two periods. So I don't know what folks sometimes see if they show catch it certain things on the replay or not, but Lowry was sending a lot of messages in today's game. Like there was one instance that I'm recalling where I don't remember it was Hartman and Hartman hit some, one of the jets and then you're muted drew. And then, um, and I didn't mute you because my hands are over here, but sorry, I was coughing. So I muted myself. uh, Okay. But anyway, so, but then at the end of the shift, Lowry took, you know, a turn to go to the Jets bench, made sure he accidentally on purpose bumped Hartman, let him know he was there. And I, I just think it's one of those things that Lowry does. That's a quiet leadership thing that you can see from number 17. So even when he doesn't get on the scoreboard and today, I think he had two assists. Uh, I believe he should have been credited with two assists because he set up Alpton and he obviously set up Niederreiter. Two assists. That's right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those plays that, you know, you give the captain credit because, Points are important, but he also does a lot of other things that, you know, we saw it in the hit in the game against Vancouver that that really seemed to change the the, the tenor of the hockey game. And and again, throughout the course of this game, I thought he made a lot of good plays. He he, you know, he's not going to stand by and let anybody try and bully the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, yeah. and that's what you're seeing from him. And I thought even you know he had a number of good scoring opportunities as well. In addition to sort of setting the tone and, and, you know, he had a couple of strong net drives in the course of today's game, you know, mm-hmm. saves were made on these, but you know, he was noticeable. He was present for all the right reasons. And, you know, that's what you want from the Winnipeg Jets captain. Look, Adam Lowry's never going to be a, a dominant offensive force, but he can certainly be, you know, sort of like, Andrew Ladd was in his time as Jets captain. He can sort of set the tone for yeah, the team tone setter. early in the game. And this was mm-hmm. another instance where I thought you saw him do that. He gets on the board with the two assists in tonight's game, as you know, as you referenced. But you know, when he's impactful early, the rest of the team sort of feeds upon that. And it's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets. And it's a good first period for the Winnipeg Jets. They uh, get outshot 11 to 8, but more importantly, they outscore the Minnesota Wild by that 2 nothing margin. And that's where they lead after uh, 20 minutes is, is by that 2 nothing score. And that's where the Jets wanted to be against the Minnesota Wild team. That is, uh, the Jets have had success against this year. So Certainly, and a team that knows how to put the puck in the net. So the Jets what they, get that early. What lead. did they say the Jets were drew against them three and zero this season? I think I they're think now three and zero. I think they, the the yeah. first two games were the uh, the third the thirtieth and thirty first, right? The two December games weren't those the first two games yeah, I of believe the year? So. Yeah, because yeah. we thought I think we thought it was peculiar that it took so long for them to face Minnesota this season. So, but you know, it's and this is an aside, and this is a, this is sort of something I've been thinking about. You know, I, I, 
if I was the schedule maker, and clearly I'm not the schedule maker, I would do away with having two games a year against each Eastern Conference team. Mm-hmm. I think one game a year is more than enough, so that you know the, that the Jets can play uh, the Hurricanes, so that a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, a team with all due respect to them, a great hockey team, you know they don't draw. Nobody come, nobody in Winnipeg is that excited to see the Carolina Hurricanes. So if they came to Winnipeg every second year instead of every year, so if you only played sixteen games a year against the Eastern Conference instead of thirty-two, yeah. and then you added more divisional rivalry games, that's something I think the NHL should look for because who doesn't want to see more? Jets wild games or Jets mm-hmm. stars games or Jets avalanche game games where teams really can foster that dislike for one another. I think that's an opportunity to sort of make the regular season more engaging, more games against your division, more games against your conference opponents and fewer games against your, your, the, the other conference so that, you know, so that Alex Ovechkin in his prime He's, yeah, he doesn't come to Winnipeg every year, but he comes every two years. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Crosby, you know, and I know that people want to see Crosby well, all the time. Crosby, again, everyone wants to see him every year, but <laughs> I know there's trade offs to this, but I think more divisional games and this is a, a relatively easy way to, to, to make it happen. But no one's asking me. This is just, like I said, a bit of a tangent I wanted to throw in there. As we were okay. I was, I, I mean, I didn't ask you specifically, but I was curious about what you had to say, Drew. Well, there you go. Thank you for uh, humoring me and for interesting me or being interested in my comments. Mm. Uh, two nothing for the Jets. They make it three nothing. A minute fifty four into the second period, and it's Kyle Connor with the goal. But we have to talk about the Dylan Demello save that is the precursor to this goal because he makes an yeah. absolute beauty of a kick save and a shot block. Uh, off of, I believe it was Declan Chisholm again, if I'm not mistaken, after two yeah. chances. Marcus Johansson uh, you know, had a good chance, and then Chisholm had a wide-open net, and if it wasn't for Dylan DeMello and his acrobatic save on this one, it's probably a 2-1 game. Instead, what happens, the Jets get a clean zone entry into the wild, into the wild zone, led by Gabe Velarde. His cross-ice pass is onto the stick of Kyle Connor. Mark Shifley is strong with his net drive, taking a defender with him, and Connor is able to beat Marc-Andre Fleury with the goal, a much-needed goal for Kyle Connor at even strength, I might add, his 20th of the season, assist to Velarde, assist to DeMello, and it's almost like DeMello gets both a, a an assist on the goal and a goal for saving a goal at the other end of the ice <laughs> in the course of this sequence, but it's 3-0 for the Jets at this point, Dave. Yeah, and and it's the seventh straight season that Kyle Connor has hit twenty goals, which you know it's kind of remarkable given the fact that he had uh, you know what seventeen or whatever it was in twenty six, and and looked like he was well on pace to at least fifty easily and rather easily for him, I should say, not easy for me, and uh, possibly sixty this season. But I mean, he is he is fairly automatic, despite what you might believe on Sportsnet, though, Drew. He does get assists as well as goals. <laughs> you complained about that on Saturday's post game show already. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm rubbing it in. I think it's, it's rather because I thought it was funny because yesterday in yesterday's game he had two primary assists. Yeah. So I was like, well, I mean, what's he doing getting assists? Doesn't he know he's only a goal scorer? Um, by the way, so many of you are in the chat right now. I want to see lots of likes. I want to see lots of sma- subscribers. We're approaching six thousand, folks. Today could be the day that we get up and over that six thousand mark. Just remember. The reason and why you as he's going to go streaking when that happens, folks. So, so you know, you can really you get excited about that. The reasons you subscribe to this channel is because not only do you get to enjoy these 
post-game shows and the Saturday show every nine, every Saturday at nine o'clock, the illegal curve hockey show that is. Yes. But we have all the Jets content, all the Moose content that I get for you almost every single day. There's not really any other uh, sources of it. The Jets post it and we post it. Some other organizations clip it. We give you it everything. So there's and all Dave you... asks from you in return is to smash the like button. That's all the and poor man to wants. Is just he no, just wants to, to to subscribe and to smash the like button. It's talk, be like Brent. Too much. Be like be like Brent. And I don't mean an excellent architect, which he is. But if you want to be that, then you have to go to school and you can do that. But mm-hmm. he got a YouTube account just so he could subscribe to IC. So that's, that's we, uh, we we appreciate that from Brent. We appreciate that from all of you, even if you don't have an account and you smash the like button. We appreciate all of that. Anyways, Kyle Connor, he needed that goal. Seven yeah. straight seasons, 20 goals uh, by him. And look, his his play since he's been back, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, on Saturday, Drew, but his play since he's been back has been inconsistent. There's been some, like, it's amazing. Like, I, I, as talented as Kyle Connor is, watching him glide back into the, the defensive zone yeah. is just like, and I'm, I remember again, it's easy when we're in the press box and we're looking down and we can, you know, we can watch the players and play develop, but it, it's amazing how talented he is when he's, when he's sniffing up puck and he's going at the net and he's got an amazing shot. Let's be realistic. His releases is, is lethal. I believe in the, it was funny because I think ESPN, the folks can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was voted the ninth best winger in the NHL. And then some exec said he's not even the best winger on the Jets. So uh, players think he's one of the best wingers in the NHL. And an exec said otherwise. So um, not that an executive makes just because he's an executive means that he's has any knowledge or anything like that. There's been plenty of stupid executives is what you're saying. That's right. That's right. So anywho, it was uh, it was it was a big it was a big goal by by Kyle Connor. And you know again that line getting a five on five goal was important. Three nothing for the Jets early in the in the second period, and then the rest of the second period, with the exception of the Mark Shifley breakaway, followed by the subsequent uh, Gabe Velarde save by Mark Andre Fleury, uh, yeah. it was controlled by the Minnesota Wild. The Jets that was a great were... play, by, but Drew to your to the just quickly that was a fantastic play by Shifley defensively Ooh. in the jet in the jet zone, yeah. makes a great read, anticipates it, forces a turnover, creates a breakaway for himself. And it's amazing. It actually is amazing, though, in terms of sequence, right? Because it's a 3 nothing game. He scores 4 nothing. It's basically over at that point. Gabriel Velarde has a great chance. He scores. It's over. And yeah. Instead, he gets what, what you're about to announce. Instead, he gets a high-sticking penalty, and uh, with and he heads to the penalty box, and the Minnesota Wild power play uh, goes to action. And the Wild power play uh, has been a successful one this year. So in the middle of the pack, but you know mm-hmm. when you talk about some of the talent they trot out there, uh, as we've referenced some of the names, uh, you know with with uh, Marco Rossi, with Kirill Kaprizov, with Joel Erickson Eck, with you know I can keep going. I don't need to rattle off the entire power play units. <laughs> it's a dangerous power play. Marco yeah. Rossi makes the Jets pay. It's his 16th of the year. Uh, it comes at the 14-10 mark of the second period. Assisted Declan Chisholm and, and Freddie Goudreau, or Frederick Goudreau, I suppose. Uh, Chisholm looking very comfortable as a member of the of the uh, Minnesota Wild. Rossi has just got too much time and too much space here, and he's too talented. Neil Pionk is, is sort of occupied at the side of the net the Jets I think get a little bit out of position because uh, Rossi shouldn't be this wide open inside of the face-off dot so he's pretty low down in a pretty good uh, shooting position and he wires the shot underneath the glove and above the pad of Laurent Brassois Brassois making so many uh, really 
fine saves in that second period as he was peppered with 17 mm-hmm. shots against. The shots were 17 to 6 for the Wild. And I know shots can sometimes uh, mislead as to the, cor- the, the pace of play. These right. were not misleading numbers. The Wild controlled the second period. And if it wasn't for uh, the play and the performance of Lauren Persuade, very easily could have been much more than much closer than a three-one game, including a save that he made right at the buzzer of that second period. The Jets really yep. hanging on for dear life. Uh, but Rossi is the one who gets the wild on the board at the fourteen ten mark on the power play. Well, and and look, you don't love this goal against Laurent Persuas. I mean, I think he just didn't have a great angle know. there. A, I don't have a problem with the goal against really on this one. I mean, I I, I thought it was a pretty good shot. Uh, you know, in a, in a pretty different, you know, in a pretty well placed position as well, above the, I mean, you know, below the glove, above the pad. That's that's a pretty it's yeah. a pretty well placed shot from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is like look, they're, they're loaded on the left side, and then I, I'm just saying he's shooting unobstructed from about ten feet out. So yeah. I mean, it's it's a good shot. You give him credit, and he's a good, he's an excellent player. I mean, he's uh, is he, he he was drafted? Was he not drafted eleventh overall at right after Cole Perfetti, I believe. Sounds right. Yeah, I want to say he was eleventh overall, but uh, and he was one of those guys. I think for a while they were flirting with he was would he be a top five pick or a top ten pick? So a good young player. The Wild let him play in Iowa for I believe two seasons before they got him back up. And, and it's funny because remember everybody goes bus, bus, bus. And you know, and he also got, didn't he get sick and had to stay home? I believe he, he, he had a serious, yes, he had a serious uh, illness and missed almost half a year. If I recall. Right. Yeah, and he stayed, he's Slovakian if, if I recall correctly. Right. Or, or Swiss, not Slovakian. Is he? Mm, yeah. Swiss, but he stayed He's somewhere in Europe. But the point is, this is in the, this is in the geography uh, class there. Drew, Austrian, but, Austrian. There we go. We're both wrong. Anyways, yeah, we're both wrong. Spencey, where was your fact checking on that one, buddy? Come on, let's go. Anyways, this is uh sorry, Drew. I forgot you weren't on the show yesterday. Spency Spency decided to become our, our fact checker because okay. uh Ezzy and I were definitely off our game. But the point is, he is from somewhere in Europe, and he was over in Europe because he, he had a bit of an illness that he was dealing with and then came back and, and yeah. he's he's an excellent young player. So um Phyllis wants to know who we're talking about. We're talking about Marco Rossi. Yeah, or myocarditis is he. So he had a bit. Isn't that what? uh, Oh, my. What did you say it was? Myocarditis is is what he had, which was a side effect of or a a ramification from when he is diet, when he was diet, when he uh, got COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was, you know, something that was certainly not uncommon, but uh, it it sidelined him for for four months, uh, which obviously would have impacted his his life significantly. So great to see that he has recouped from that and is uh, really turning into the great young player that uh, he was expected to be for the Minnesota Wild because he was certainly noticeable in tonight's game. Uh, He he had two goals um, and really almost had a hat trick um, that if that hat, if he had got that hat trick, we made it 5-4 if if I believe, if I'm I'm correct, it was before the Jets 6-3. So yeah. uh, Lauren Persuas really squeezed the pads at an opportune time because uh, he was very close to getting that hat trick goal, which would have made it uh, 5-4. And then it's anybody's game at that point. It well, it could have been very easily. And there and look, there. that's why I think you've said it, and I will reiterate the point that you made earlier, Drew, is that you've got to give Lauren Persuas a ton of credit. The Jets were outshot. Was it, I think it was either 17-6 to or 16-6 to in that second period. I think maybe I, I, writ, I wrote one, but I think they, they either added or reduced the assist marker, but regardless, they got heavily outshot in that second period. And, uh, Laurent Brassois was the difference maker. Otherwise that game was 
most likely, you know, that three, one game goal. I mean, think about how critical that is, right? It's three, one with about, when did they get that with about four minutes? How much so, was time left? It was, uh, there was there were just over five minutes left minutes, in yeah, the second yeah. period. So five fifty was left in the second period. So I mean, they don't if they get another one in that period, you're a little tight. The Jets are going to be a little bit tight, right? And well, so you're, yeah. and I'm just saying. So and there were a couple of opportunities for them, more than mm-hmm. a couple of opportunities. So you like the way that Laurent Brassois was was playing. He was he looked confident in the net, uh, and and that's a big win for him. Well, remember, because Marco Rossi, speaking of him further, that Jets had that terrible line change and Kyle Connor had that giveaway uh, and that Rossi came in all alone on a breakaway. This was uh, later in the third period, in the second period, pardon me, after the Wild had already cut it to 3-1 and Laurent Brassois made... I mean, think about that save. If he, if, you know, if Laura right. Brassois doesn't make that save, it's a 3-2 game uh, late in the second period. Anything can happen at that point in time. So, you know, Laurent Brassois certainly was, did his best Connor Hellebuck impression in keeping yeah. the Jets in the game in that second period when the team really struggled and really had a lot of difficulty at five on five as the wild controlled uh, a lot of the play uh, through that, uh, through that middle frame. Well, no, just before we we get in there, did you notice that? Like, I don't know if they showed it or talked about it on the broadcast, but I thought it was rather peculiar. Did you notice that they completely missed a, um, too many men on the wild? I, I didn't I saw your tweet but I didn't see it. Okay, cuz like it was it was pretty overt. Like there were three guys. The only thing the only reason why I think they didn't call it was because they were fairly spread out. There were three guys in the neutral zone closer to the wild blue line and then there were three guys in the jet zone. And I'm like counting, I'm like I'm pretty doing I'm pretty sure I'm doing some basic math here. There's six guys on the ice for a bit and yet no call. But nobody seemed to to notice it. Nobody seemed to to protest. So it, uh, it well, play continued as long as Eagle Eyes Manuk uh, kept the close kept a close watch on it. That's I had a lot of carrots part. as a kid, Drew. I know that's good. I did too. It didn't do me any good, as you can clearly see with my uh, spectacles on. I can my, clearly uh, on my see, head. Drew. Yeah, <laughs> touche. Three-one uh, for the Jets after forty minutes. We say good evening to everyone. This is the Betway Game Recap. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, with you talking about the Jets' six-three victory over the Minnesota Wild in tonight's contest. A very important win for the Jets to bounce back after the defeat against the Calgary Flames last uh, earlier yesterday. The Jets in action Friday next against the Chicago Blackhawks. So Friday, Sunday, Blackhawks and Coyotes, and of course the illegal curve hockey show on saturday morning at 9 a.m jets make it 4-1 they get that insurance marker you wondered how were they going to come out in that third period well they came out rejuvenated in that third period they were the better of the two teams early in that third period and the jets dangerous power play strikes again gabe velarde his 15th of the year second of the game assist to josh morrissey and kyle connor at the 938 mark of the uh of the third period this one is with uh ryan hartman in the box for holding so you know it feels doubly sweet hartman and shifley were jawing back and forth they jawed before a face-off they were jawing during a face-off they were jawing a little bit after the face-off Shifley won the battle when the puck was dropped and Shifley and Hartman were going head to head against each other in a puck battle. Shifley won that battle and resulted in Hartman taking a 
penalty. And you know it was very satisfying for the Jets to capitalize on this with Hartman in the box after all the controversy or controversy, depending on what was that word, Drew? (laughs) It's something that I think my wife likes to say controversy, just joking. So I like to throw it out there every now and then. You know, Um, but the problem is when you have a joke like that. I know it's, uh, it was a little bit esoteric. I know. I know. I, I got to tell you, Dave, like I said, 3 a.m. is when I went to bed. So things Fair are enough. really uh, spiraling yeah. down here. My voice is going on me uh, for the, everyone who's saying, why do I look so orange? I was by away. The way, shout out to Cole Anderson for letting us know it was Rossi was taken ninth overall. So there you so go. Perfetti okay. was one after I said one, but one, one after Perfetti, one, one before Perfetti. There yeah. You go. So the reason you, I Cole. look orange is because I was, I was not self tanning. I was not faking and baking. I was down South for the weekend. Uh, just updating you on my, uh, on my, uh, orangey Travels. glow. Uh, anyways, Velarde, his 15th assist to Morrissey and Connor Hartman in the box and the jets win that battle. It's a clean face off win by Sean Monahan. It's Josh Morrissey over to Kyle Connor. Connor back to Morrissey off of his stick very quickly and just a fantastic tip by Gabe Velarde. I mean, to have the eye-hand coordination, to have the skill set and the soft hands to make this play, it is the deft touch of Gabe Velarde that gives the Jets a 4-1 lead halfway through, just before the halfway mark of the third period, Dave. Yeah, and you could see right away he was giving credit uh, to Josh Morrissey for putting that that shot right where he could tip that puck. And again, it comes down to one thing. He's in the right place. I yeah. mean, with Gabriel Velarde, and, and Rick Bonus was asked about that today, about his his presence around the net and just how good he is. And you can see it. You can really sense it. And Gabriel Velarde said it to us kind of jokingly, Although I don't know that he jokes that often, but you know, when we had a media availability with him before that road trip and he said, what do I think all my goals are within five feet of the, of the net. And you talk about that, right? Drew, the idea that he's in the right place at the right time. So, I mean, again, he, he was a bit, he, he, like a lot of the team was, were having a, a drought, right? They were all going through, through a slow period, trying to, to get going. And he sure seems to have gotten going. The Macarena was playing. The crowd was amped because, Look, this is a, this is a, oh, look at this. Hold on. Should we play the music? No, you I think you already butchered it. Not that I was any Macarena aficionado, but you know, my problem is I can't, I got my microphone so close here that I don't really have full uh, arm movement. Cause otherwise range. I'd really get into it. And then I, okay. you know, I do the whole twist and the turn and I shake my booty a little bit for the camera, but I don't think Dear anybody Lord. wants to see that. And, Drew, I said, we want to get to 6,000 subscribers. I said, I don't want to lose 6,000 subscribers. Yeah. Anywho. So you got to give uh, Velarde credit. I mean, he's just, again, like Monaghan, great presence around the front of the net, and uh, he tips that home. And uh, the Jets get the exact sort of thing. You get you had a goal with Hartman in the box. And not to undersell it, but it, it's it, the crowd was into it. The crowd was having a good time. I mean, sure. you, you talk about that idea. Thank of- you, Hartman chant. Thank you, Hartman chant. That's like, funny. It, That's old school. That's old school Jets 2.0, you know, snark coming from the 300 section. I love that. Yeah. You know, you know, Hartman, you know, public enemy number one, he screws up and then you, then you capitalize on the goal and then the crowd really digs in the knife a little bit deeper. That's, That's a great right. job by the, the crowd in the, in the, at, at uh, the downtown arena tonight. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, so these kind of games you talk about, and I, I that's what I always joke: friendly Manitoba, Minnesota nice, or not so friendly Manitoba, not so friend, not Minnesota, not so nice. Like, yeah. it is, it is a good rivalry. It's a lot of fun, 
The only thing that I was happy about was that, you know, Minnesota is, I think, seven. They were coming into today's game, seven, two, and one, and two points back of St. Louis for a playoff spot. So the Jets, once again, could potentially send the Wild careening out of the building and potentially out of the playoffs, uh, Drew. And we talked about it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a fun rivalry. But that was it. That was a, I mean, Captain Obvious. It was a huge goal for Velarde and his huge goal to really get the crowd going and to, to give the jets that sort of momentum back that they had lost in the second period. Yeah. And then they uh, extend that momentum 58 seconds later. It's Sean Monahan. It's an even strength goal. It's another tip Dylan DeMello and Nikolai Ehlers with the assists on this one. Again, it starts with that clean face off win. And, and I, I don't want to put, uh, you know, I'm just, recapping it because I don't I know that faceoffs are not the be all and end all but when they when they are so noticeable you have to make mention of them uh and this was another one of those instances the jets move the puck well they're moving it around uh the net they move it from uh they move it from low to high and again it gets onto the stick of Dylan DeMello and uh, he gets his second assist of the game and Monahan in that in that slot in that high slot getting the tip on the puck and the wild we're hoping that it was a high stick, but there was no such high stick being called on this one. That made it 5-1 for the Jets, and they're feeling real good about themselves in the latter half of the second period. And while it wasn't part of me, while it wasn't as bang bang as the first uh period no. goal, it's you know, it's two goals back to back, relatively speaking. But the one thing, even though he's been, had a rough time, and you know, Nikolai Ehlers has been the subject of a lot of conversation. And yeah. his and his entries today were were not good in any way, shape, or form on the power play. Uh, like they they stalled out. He was passing to people that weren't there. So so Nikolai Ehlers is is fighting the puck right now. There's no question about it. You can't watch his game and not think that there's just something is slightly off. And again, I'm not prepared to you know uh, you you don't just send him away. He's a he's a dynamic hockey player, and guys go through stretches where they're they're not feeling it or it's not happening for them right now uh, that appears to be the case for Nikolai Ehlers but this this is a Nikolai Ehlers the characteristic Nikolai Ehlers a play because he uses his biggest asset his speed mm-hmm. and so he uses his speed along the wall to feed them all that puck and he and again that's part of the what we've talked about for for the importance of this jet team is using speed and so he uses it gets it over to Melo Demello fires it over and yeah you've got to give it's the exact, I mean, you may as well just have everyone pause what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Go back in time five minutes to me talking about Velarde in front of the net and give Monaghan that. I mean, he's he's very deft with his touch. And so he puts that home and now it's 5-1. And then the, the party's happening. And, and I will say, let me just dial it back one sec, Drew, because there was a potential problem with a 3-1 game. The fans, and I could hear it because of course for the third period, I'm back home. The wave. I could, hear, I could hear the wave. Now I am not anti-wave. I I'm kind of secretly anti-wave, but I don't I don't deride the wave because people are entitled. Those who pay money, this is my new policy. Those who pay money get to decide what they want to do at a hockey game. So they want to do the wave. Yeah, they can do the wave. I don't think the wave is great in a close game. You know, at five one, if you wanted to do the wave, you know that's that I like. Three one, probably not the best time, especially after the second period, but. Credit to the Jets fans. They read the they read the room. Three one wave, and the Jets now suddenly have a five one lead shortly after the wave. So Hustler, who is publicly anti wave, he has to uh, you know own that because the Jets fans uh, the the wave brought the energy, and the Jets players maybe used it as a momentum to get to that five one score. 
yeah, the Wild did cut into that lead, and they made it a little bit uh, interesting later in that third period. 5-2, Kirill Kaprizov on the power play, assist to Joel Eriksson-Eck and Matt Zuccarello, another nice player for the Minnesota Wild that I hadn't mentioned on the Who? post-game show just yet. Beautiful pass by Eriksson-Eck, the saucer oh, yeah. pass yeah. over the sprawled-out Brendan Dillon, right onto the stick of, of Kirill Kaprizov. And I, I really, I mean, he is such a talented player, and I don't mm-hmm. think he necessarily gets uh, enough credit just yet for how good he actually is in the Minnesota Wild. You know, they've been, uh, you know, they're, they're a fringe playoff team this year. Last year, they were, you know, similar. They, they got bounced early last year. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is such a driving force on that team. Just a tremendous, tremendous hockey player. And Marco Rossi, who we've spent a lot of this postgame show uh, praising, he gets a tip of the Kaprizov point shot. That those two goals coming within a minute thirty-eight of each other. It was a it was a game where goals came in in succession. They came uh, for they came fourteen seconds apart. They came fifty-eight seconds apart, and they came a minute eighteen or a minute. Uh, what did I say? Thirty-eight apart. I think that's something like that. Something like that. Uh, so goal, 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 goal. And it was 5-3 for the Jets at that point in time. And anytime a team can put up seven goals in a period, like yeah. the Wild did last Just night. Yesterday. Yeah, you're wondering, uh-oh, is there something uh, real stinky afoot? But there was not as Nino Niederreier. Uh, whenever the Jets need to slow things down and shut things down and calm things down, Rick Bonus taps Lowry, Niederreiter, and Appleton, and they go in the wild, have the zone time, but the Jets do an adept job of keeping it to the outside. Then they force the turnover, and then Nino Niederreiter breaks in and puts the puck into the empty net, does so without causing it. An international incident so uh morgan riley doesn't have to lose his mind again but yeah. it's six three for the jets with under three minutes to go and at this point in time it is game over that's nita riders 14th of the year good job by the winnipeg jets in winning a six three margin over their rival the minnesota wild yeah we have an avowed don't describe or talk about or break down empty net yeah. goals. But you get do give credit for Adam Lowry again. You talk about the presence of mind. And and it was funny because Nino Niederreiter kind of looked over and he was contemplating, I think, a pass. But you know, good on him for just putting it into the back of the net quickly and and really just putting an end to that hockey game. And and when it was five one, I was curious if this game was gonna get silly. Get silly. You know, I you tweeted fucking, the same thing. Yeah. And I, so I was, I was contemplating. I was like, well, I wonder what the wild, and again, the wild can't really afford to do anything stupid. They're missing, as I said already, Pat Maroon. They're missing Marcus Felino. So they, you, you can't really afford to lose guys to, to just stupid, like suspensions, anything like that for, yeah. for any sort of, and I don't know if the, um, the league said anything about it, but I, I suspect, I mean, Rick bonus was pretty Well, hang on. Clear. Talk, talking about that for a second. When the, when all the drama with Perfetti and Hartman and, and everything happened, wasn't there supposed to be a special, wasn't there supposed to be runway during today's broadcast and the, where, where the audio was broadcast. supposed no, to be. No, 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 no. It was supposed to be no, because the games were in December. Right. Right. And so I think it was the January 16th runway. They were in theory, you can release it, but then they, they were, I believe the, the, the message came. The yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't release it. Okay. <laughs> I, knew, I knew there was something to do with that. I thought it was supposed to be today's game, but uh, clearly I'm, uh, I, I'm incorrect on that one, but uh, yeah, yes, there was no nonsense. And I really did wonder 
you know, if there was going to be anything uh, at that 5-1 mark, uh, you know, look, the Jets got their revenge. Then there was a revenge, you know, they got their, they got the victory and they got their ultimate revenge by scoring that, that goal, the 4-1 goal with Ryan Mm. Hartman sitting in the penalty box. So, you know, that the bench definitely loved that look over and see him make that, the, the skate of shame from the penalty box back to the Minnesota wild bench in that instance. Well, and, and look, the fact is that I didn't think there'd be any stupidity because the Minnesota wild still need to play hockey and win games. And that's what their focus is. And so they're, you know, like you said, Drew, it's, it's, it's not out of reach. I mean, Nashville, I believe someone in the chat said Nashville was beating Vegas four one. So uh, they look like they'll put a little distance between themselves and Minnesota. And of course, St. Louis, uh, who the jets play, do they play them next Tuesday? That sounds right. Yeah, I think it's St. Louis next Tuesday. So, I mean, St. Louis is, is you know, they were a little bit hot. So those teams are all kind of fighting for that that final spot. And we'll see, obviously, how it, it plays out. Yeah. But Minnesota has, to, I guess what I'm getting to is that they had to play hockey. You know, this game. Now, if Minnesota didn't go on their 7-2-1 and one run and get to within a striking distance of a playoff spot, yeah. Then I'm really curious to the way this game, and of course, if you have add in Pat Maroon and Marcus Foligno, what this game could have potentially looked like. But because of the the manner in which, like I said, both both teams are, are focused, right? Like the Jets know they want to win because they're trying to get first over Colorado and Dallas, and again, use those games in hand that they have because that's the other thing, right? The Jets have a lot of games in hand on, or had a number of games on hand on both Dallas and Colorado. And it doesn't do you much good if you're not winning them. So when you have those opportunities, especially when Dallas lost to the Rangers tonight, and did Colorado play tonight, Drew? I don't Colorado, think so. yes, Colorado won tonight. They uh, they beat the Vancouver Canucks three one. So they oh, so the Canucks are in a real uh, tailspin right now. Three losses in a row for the Canucks, yes. But the and, uh, yeah, the Stars so, lost though. So the Jets and the Avalanche uh, gained ground on the Dallas Stars in, in right. the, with tonight's results. Right. So look, a six-three victory for the Winnipeg Jets. They will gladly take it. Uh, they they beat their division rivals. They improved. I think it was thirteen-three and one against the Central Division, and of course thirty-four-fifteen and five uh, on the year. That is the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post-game show before we go to break and of course we want you to stick around for after the break for the uh, tough duck hardest hitting comment and some interesting comments from Gabe Velarde about the Jets play and their line the top lines play at five on five so you'll want to stay around for that we want to remind you that next Thursday a leap day party so big it happens only every four years join us next Thursday February 29th the Jets and the Dallas Stars are going to do battle we are going to be at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue for a watch party and then a live edition of the Illegal Curve post game show like I said, February 29th only happens every four years. What better way to spend it than with us at Illegal Curve next Thursday, 7 p.m. Yours truly, Dave Manuk. Producer Tim is back, so we will have audio like perfection like you've never heard before because Lord knows Dave and I can't do anything on our own. So that's next Thursday. Join us, Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue, 1160 That's a Taylor big game, Avenue. Drew. 
It's a huge game. The Jets and the Dallas Stars, it's a huge game. That's why you want to be there at Boston Pizza. Join us. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun time. We look forward to seeing you. We're going to remind you about this for the next uh, week or 10 days or so. But next Thursday, mark it down in your calendar. Maybe you have a Google calendar. Maybe you have an Apple calendar. Maybe you have a whiteboard that you write things down uh, You know, on your wall to keep track of important things wherever you do so whatever you do be sure to be there next thursday colby's gonna be there he's gonna be snapping photos larry said he might be there larry's gonna be there no he said he might be there no 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 once you say might that means you have to be there larry darwin will be there there you go darwin is gonna be there everyone everyone who's anyone is going to be there doug might not be there though doug plays hockey i know doug plays hockey on thursdays i know we don't know if doug will make it Doug, you got to reprioritize. We've talked about this before. In any event, we'll be there next Thursday. Be there. See us next Thursday. Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. We're going to be there for a good time to watch the Jets and the uh, Stars. Drew, and you then... did some good mo- moving. Larry there you go. Larry's now, now going to be there. You moved him Perfect. from I might be there to I will be there. Matt, that, that's just how powerful I am. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Much more of the Illegal Curve postgame show to come. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on this Tuesday evening. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. Free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more... I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G R Y D Park, and use the code illegal curve, all one word, to park for free. The game can change ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, 
Relax. Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments. Even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Shortly after 11 o'clock, somehow I'm still awake. I don't really know how that happened, but that's okay. I'm going strong. It's the power of Manuk. That's what's driving me through this Illegal Curve post-game show edition. If you haven't already done so, folks, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash We're the 13 like away, Drew. 13, 13 away. away from 6,000. It's imminent. That's what it is. It's imminent. Join us. Be I'm part of the IC Army, as, as he calls us. The IC Army. There you go. Friday night. That'll be the, our next time that we're in action. The Jets are in Chicago to face the Blackhawks. Then we'll do the post-game show. I think it's a 7.30 puck drop, if I'm not mistaken. So post-game Yeah, it's show a weird time. A little bit after 10 o'clock on Friday night. Then Saturday morning, bright and early. 9 o'clock, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And then Sunday afternoon, it's a 5 o'clock puck drop between the Jets <laughs> and the Coyotes. Uh, so we'll be doing that probably around 7.45 or so p.m. on Sunday. Uh, so lots of Illegal Curves set to come your way this weekend. And that's the way that we like it. Uh, wanted to make mention of, I just wanted to highlight a comment from uh, Gabe Velarde. Because, you know, the Jets, you know, again, six goals looks good. Their top two lines were not great in this game. They were hemmed in by and large and outplayed by and large by the Minnesota Wilds top lines. The power play makes things look a lot better for the Winnipeg Jets tonight, something you haven't been able to say very often. Uh, here's Gabe Velarde uh, on his the play uh, uh, tonight. Quote, I think we had some breakdowns. LB made a lot of good saves five on five. We got two power play goals, but there were still some things we weren't great five on five, especially our line. We struggled tonight five on five, but I think we were cleaner as a group. I thought our third line was really, really good tonight, especially against their top guys. Credit to Lowry, Appleton, and Nino Niederreiter. Uh, you know, th there's going to be breakdowns every game. You're not going to be perfect. Obviously, you won, so it's a bit of a better mood. But he's right in saying that the Jets' top line, when especially when they were matched up against the Wilds' top line, they lost those battles fairly handily tonight, Dave. Yeah, and, and you, look, you respect the fact that he's an honest player, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about Gabriel Velarde. He, he really doesn't. He doesn't try and blow smoke, and you you have to respect that. I, I mean, I, I should say you have to. I choose to respect his honest assessments of that because you enjoy that. I like, like, it's not like, what are my lying eyes telling me? He's, he's mm. telling you, look, we weren't, we weren't particularly great out there. And there were some ways that, you know, we looked better because we scored on the power play and he's not wrong. Lauren Brassois was excellent in that second period could have looked a lot differently. I mean, this is a wild team that scored seven goals last night against Vancouver. Now Vancouver, of course, is in a, a tailspin right now after the Jets, handed them uh, their first loss uh, on Saturday night. Then they lost again to the, to these wild yesterday. And as Drew said earlier, they've lost to Colorado now. So yeah. they're reeling with three straight losses, but I mean, these, these wild were down seven, three 
Was it seven? Yeah, seven. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was seven. I think it was. I think it was six three. I don't think it was seven three. I think it was they six. They scored three. seven. They scored seven third period goals. Regardless. Yeah, I think I think Vancouver got one goal in the th- in the third. So I think it was six three, and they ended up winning ten seven. So I mean, ultimately, this is a team that was feeling very good about themselves, and and you knew that there's a desperation element of it because they want first of all, and not only that, there's a psychological element too because you know for if you remember those times, not the playoff years, but like the times where the Minnesota Jets would go into Minnesota, they couldn't seem to beat them, and now. The Jets have taken, reversal. That's right. The Jets have taken all three of the games this season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Minnesota had a lot of a lot on the line. And again, one game in the with in the fifties of the season isn't going to make or break your season because there still are you know thirty games, uh, depending on what the Wild have, twenty eight games, twenty seven games left. Yep. But the fact is that these these points are 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 critical. And so you know, like I said, uh, Lauren Brassois was excellent. Uh, I I think someone said that he got the jacket. He did. Um, I think him so, and I think I saw Lowry maybe also got a jacket. I'm not sure. It's, okay. on, the, it's on the socials. Okay. On the socials. There you go. So yeah. anyways, ultimately, uh, yeah, there's things that you want to see them clean up. But the point is they're scoring. You don't want to get too loose, but right. they're scoring, which is important. Yeah. And again, not just one line and they're getting power play goals. So again, there's, there's, there's definitely areas they need to clean up. There's and no they're not downplaying that they need to clean those areas up. They're yeah, not saying, right. oh yes, we were, you know, yeah, but yeah, but they're, they, they're, they're sort of leading with the fact that we weren't good enough at five on five. So there's, yeah. there's, there, there's a realistic analysis of their game, which, uh, you know, well, in, in years past, maybe, uh, they would sugar, they would, they would poo poo the, 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 de- the downfalls or the drawbacks. Whereas this year they're sort of leading with the, with the drawbacks. Well, and remember drew, they look at their schedule the next six games, right? You've got, as you touched on, they got the Blackhawks on Friday, then the Coyotes. Coyotes are in a, a downward spiral. I think they lost five in a row or something like that. Yeah. The Blues, who are hit or miss, and you got Dallas, who's who's formidable. Right. You got Carolina, who's that weird game at eleven thirty on Saturday. So yeah. it's gonna we're gonna finish the illegal Kerr hockey show and just start even, right just straight right straight through to the post game show. I may not even finish uploading that show or down, <laughs> uh, yeah uploading the show before uh, before it's re- time for puck drop in Car- in rally. Yeah. And then, and then of course they play Buffalo. the Sabres. So they've, they've got a very, I don't want to say easy schedule because we've seen that teams, any team can beat any team in the NHL, but they've got a, 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 a favorable schedule for the start right now for the next six games. So this is, this is the time for the jets to start to work on those things. Mm-hmm. Can't take the game off. And again, we're not going to jump ahead to the game on Friday, but this is, it's, it's important for them to be able to kind of get back to what they've, Again, like I said, they've got the power play working. That's good. They've got the goals coming in, but they got to tighten up their five-on-five game again, and the lines have to start working a little bit better. That's right. Let's wrap up tonight's post-game show with the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. This appears to be a new commenter, so I'm going to grant them the winner of the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. Oh, you didn't know? Well, you better call somebody, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a wrestling reference. New Age Outlaws, if I want to go back to my high school years, if, and somebody in the chat will correct me. Wow. 
wrong, but I believe that's where we're talking about is, is a new age outlaws degeneration X reference. I'm happy to know the jets heard our concern for the lack of scoring and power play. It's been three to four games scoring three to four goals and winning three to four of those games. So congratulations to, Oh, you didn't know. Well, you better call somebody you are the winner of tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment send me an email drew at illegalcurve.com or slide into my dms at ic drew and we'll hook you up with the prize courtesy of our friends at tough duck just send us your mailing address and that is what we will get you over from our friends at tough duck Congratulations to them. Congratulations to everybody for joining us on this edition of the Illegal Curve Game Show. We want to say a big thank you to all of our friends who sponsor this show, who help make this show become a reality, who help make the website become a reality, who help make the Saturday show become a reality. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Grid Park. Be sure to use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Lager. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve hockey thanks to all of you for joining us thanks to my colleague dave manuk for joining us if you missed any of it the instant replays on the youtube channel illegalcurve.com has all your winnipeg jets manitoba new moose news audio post game coverage everything you need to do is go to illegalcurve.com and our youtube channel if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the channel leave us some feedback here there and everywhere that's all we ask we thank you very much for doing that We'll be back Friday night at around 10.15 p.m. That'll be the next edition of the Illegal Curve postgame show. But IllegalCurve.com, of course, rolls on unabated from now until then and all times in between. For Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks so much to everyone for joining us until Friday at 10.15. We wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.